This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy! And based on the suggestion of the Poetic Critic, that's the Poetic Critic on Letterboxd, I have decided that we're going to keep up this content warning, dare I say bollocks, so... That's about the extent of the language we're going to have in this conversation with Kodiak Thompson about the feature Low. We do otherwise mock what dreams may come, but, you know, tied into the show. And one of the actresses, or I guess about the only actress in this feature, was also in a movie from about 1995 called Malicious, where I think that was where Molly Ringwald was trying to show that she had the stuff to keep acting. Hence, she we talk about her boobs a bit. So that's about the extent of the offensive content I think we'll have. So hopefully you'll enjoy this episode about Travis Betts' Low from 2009. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Welcome to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth, better known as Russ Stevens, according to all the podcast apps. And this week, I get to chat once again with Kodiak Thompson about horror comedy. You may recall him from past episodes. We did an entire episode dedicated to Henry Rollins, but primarily based on him wanting to talk about He Never Died, a great horror comedy. And then our next episode after that was about Don Coscarelli movies, Phantasm franchise, Bubba Hotep, but heavy emphasis on John Dies at the End, another horror comedy. And you can't really call Event Horizon comedic despite the uh, bad CGI nowadays and just the entire tragedy of the story. But I guess then again, tragedy plus time equals comedy. So I hope you enjoy our conversation about Travis Betts Low. This is a movie that if you want to watch it digitally, you're just going to have to go to YouTube and put up with maybe three minutes of ads. That's not too painful. If you have something you want to suggest for the show, send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. Offer me a theme, a movie, a director, an actor. As long as we focus on sub-100-minute material, I think we'll have some podcast gold. And we can go and cater it to you to be about an hour-long conversation like we did today. Thank Google Home for that, I suppose. Otherwise, everything else is going well, I think, right now. Just very tired, getting up early today, a lot of driving this weekend to see the Rivermen work on securing themselves their first President's Cup in the SPHL. And then I also got to visit my uh, little brother up in Earlsville, Illinois, about two hours north of me. And it was just good to chill out with him for a few hours as we set up a PlayStation 5 and... uh, you know, appreciate his, my little niece, Adeline. So that's what's going on in my life right now. I'm just trying to get this out of the way to relax, but can't wait to hear back from you. Thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. 
Why wasn't she honest with you? She obviously didn't trust you enough with the truth. She was ashamed of it. Or she had an agenda and she knew exactly how to play you. No. All you had was her. And she knew that. No, we worked because we were different. You worked because that's the way she wanted it. She needed a place to hide. You were nothing but a fake mustache. Shut up! Ah! You summoned me for love. I want to see her. So I'll just reach down into the ass of hell and get her for you. She was taken by something, something like you. What's it about? It's about a guy who sells his soul to the devil for knowledge and power. There's nothing to know. Oh yeah? You been there? No. Never. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, the face. Right. This is good stuff. This is the biz, how we operate. I'm a demon. I can do anything. Except love. A demon should never entertain the idea that love is the answer to its question. You love me. And welcome back to 90forchill.com. This is your host, Cool Movie Starth. On the other line, I've got a returning uh, Kodiak Thompson with a movie that he suggested. It was kind of hard to find. I was actually talking to our mutual friend, Tim, about it this today. Um, so right now, I guess Tim was saying it's been re-released on physical media. Now, finding it digitally, you're best off with YouTube. <laughs> But it is the uh, 2009 uh, directorial effort by. Oh, come on. I know I had the notes. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Uh, Travis Betts. It is a, another horror comedy, which again is right up the alley of Kodiak. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I do anymore. <laughs> well, it, it's just, so, it, it's funny. It's like, I think now, uh, if you're going to do low budget and horror, you have to make it comedic, um, in a sense. Like, uh, like I know Phantasm, like, this gave me a lot of vibes of, you know, say, Phantasm and uh, definitely um, other Don Coscarelli stuff. John dies at the end, mm-hmm. um, comes to immediate mind, and a lot of Evil Dead vibes. It's just, you know, you're not going to get all the... Uh, multicolored blood but this feature was uh low and i remember seeing it in netflix back in the day um but never got around to watching it myself and i don't know i think kind of the cover art did did a little bit of a disservice it's uh it's pretty misleading the uh the cover just being the the titular demon underneath of a a heart in the, yeah. the great tagline for the film love is hell right yeah it's, you don't know where from that you don't know where it's going to take you and then you just get the premise of the film and it's like oh this could be some indie love drama you know more romantic dramedy than or just drama uh instead of uh i mean i i i think it's a horror comedy i 
I would I would definitely agree. I think that it's uh, it's one of those rare movies that seems to straddle uh, three genres, and that there's definitely the horror comedy, but there's also the uh, the aspect of you know the man trying to to save his his lover, you know his well, girlfriend. Yeah, well, it's classic. I mean, and they represent plenty classic Faust. <laughs> I mean, never mind. You have um, Dante's Divine Comedy. I believe that was uh, Dante's goal through going all seven yep. seven layers. Uh, or, ah, shoot, I can't even remember that many. I went atheist about, you know, almost a decade ago. It's like, it's like <laughs> nine circles of hell, if I remember yes. right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I didn't play the video game either. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, you have a kind of, you would say adventure in a lot of elements. I mean, I never saw the movie uh, with Robin Williams, Cuba Gooden Jr., uh, What Dreams May Come, where yeah. I believe Robin Williams dies like a car accident and then his wife commits suicide. Well, uh, you know, suicide being a damning uh, offense, he goes to hell to get his wife out, I believe is the premise. Pretty definitely pretty close that one is a uh, is kind of interesting in that it doesn't it's just a weird little sidebar here about that one that i really enjoyed that the movie wasn't so much if i remember about she had committed suicide and that was a cardinal sin so she's damned it was more that her mindset when she died was that of she was in hell you know her husband that she had loved dearly had died and because of that she took her life and that made her afterlife hell so god said hold my beer <laughs> god isn't even an, an, an aspect in that movie oh well i i'm just i'm just <laughs> saying like oh you think bad things are bad now hold my beer <laughs> so she kind of the, the whole premise there is that you know you torture yourself depending mm-hmm. on how your mood is and how you feel you died mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of a cool little theological point there where it's less that we're judged and more that we judge ourselves oh yeah no um actually had a experience with a um gentleman i met after going to ghost world um at ebert fest mm-hmm. um i was just at the uh blind pig on neil street and got this uh english guy named john and, you know and like he's already he's been there for a while so it's like you know, come on, tell me a story. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. You know, find out this guy, like, you know, he was boasting about, you know, being a, he was a cat, he was cat, raised Catholic and like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to perform in front of the Pope. Oh, jeez, you're talking JP2 then. Oh, yeah, John Paul too. <laughs> so, uh, interesting bloke, but he was going, we did get into a little theological bit, basically, like, you know how we've all ended up being atheists just because of the like you know we know we're not assholes <laughs> yeah so, um and all i can really think about um what dreams may come is just i know that it was a family guy uh joke where <laughs> uh a video you even store- let what dreams may touch touch that I will kill you. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, you're on the same page. Roadhouse. All right. <laughs> so we're all square on the bit. So 
this is kind of one of those movies where you don't where you, it feels like we got to tread lightly because you don't really want to spoil it for anybody. Yes, um, it's definitely something that happens at the end. Uh, yes, I was gonna get to. I was like, I didn't know how we were gonna address that. We'll try saving it till the end, I suppose. Not the best we can do, I think. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that like one of the things that really made this um my white whale of movies because like i mentioned I, I only recently found out that this was on youtube and it absolutely made my entire week i sat down and watched it like two or three times in a row um i've been looking for it again for almost like roughly 10 years at this point yeah that would be about right 2009 uh, yeah i i had found it on netflix thought it was a fever dream um and then could never find it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the thing that uh, it appealed to me that kind of grabbed my attention more so than the storyline is just the production value of the movie. Oh, this could have been done as a off-Broadway play easily. Mm-hmm. Um, between the fact that one, the entire film was shot in three days. That didn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 my, my own screenplay, Main Event of the Dead, is something I like wrote because I think I could shoot it in three days. Yeah. Uh, so if you want further details about that, you can email russthebus07 at gmail.com if you have any suggestions on how to get to a Kickstarter stage or if you just want a treatment. Um, <laughs> pro Wrestlers versus Zombies. And I think I beat Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies to it, but you know. I digress. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing like finishing moves and exploding brains whenever that does make it. Oh, I've I've got those those lined up. Like I got a guy <laughs> taking an F five on a zombie taking an F five onto an axe. I can promise that. I love it. I love everything about it. Um, realigning here with our our topic of the evening. Yes. Um, the other portion, of course, besides the the very quick filming, being that the main character um, being Justin in this, the entire movie does not leave a probably what three foot wide circle. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's probably, probably smaller than my wingspan. And, you know, I was cursed with either being the uh, absolute measurements of a Teddy, of a Teddy bear slash care bear or the smallest T-Rex with my arms. Uh, <laughs> yeah i think i could reach out reach out of it so yes our i guess we can get, uh, go ahead sorry oh well i was just saying i think we can get to the plot then um from there uh if you didn't have a, another comment uh, it'll actually lead us right into the plot so i'll go ahead and chuck it in there all uh, right the whole the whole aspect of him being stuck in this circle and only having the other characters, the lights and everything interact with him in that space kind of parallels what we see from him as a character where rather than I guess having having initiative in his own life, things tend to happen to him, which brings us into the plot here. He meets a girl. Um, girl is weird, that's for sure. And oh, I think she... they could have done a movie. You could do a romantic comedy about the the premise alone. Um, yeah, and that, you know, and just not even bring in um such direct demons. But I'm sorry to interrupt. There, I was just thinking. <laughs> no, it's oh, put give 
give this to Seth Rogen or Jay Baruchel. We can. <laughs> I could see, I could see Jay Baruchel doing something to Seth Rogen. I think might, uh, I love Seth Rogen, but he might be a little, a little heavier handed than we'd expect with a, something like that. Right. But we've seen Jay Baruchel do it so many times. That's just, it's true. Yeah. Recently saw him actually in a letter Kenny, but that's a topic for another day too. Okay. I you see. I've never gotten around letter Kenny. I'm, I am, you know, movies and trying to, I'm, I'm in uh, purchase WWE 2K22. So, and I get stuck in the creative wrestler stuff <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, and then there's still Pokemon on top of that. And it's like, uh, so time is uh, definitely not on my side. I can't imagine it with a child. <laughs> yeah yeah actually child uh just moved of course um yeah it's been a busy busy beginning of the year yes uh, um but yeah it's this this whole aspect of things happening to him with his girlfriend ending up getting abducted um and him using the book that he was given to her um almost not quite accidentally that's i don't think that's the right term like it was very very much deliberately given to him as her most prized possession Mm -hmm. but it was in response to a surprise gift yes so so i don't think so i know uh we're gonna have to save the last couple scenes till the end of this uh, conversation uh we got uh google home keeping track of that um but it's pretty much established that he's got to come terms with the fact that he fell in love with a demon and uh (laughs) definitely some funny moments in there (laughs) oh yes no that's just it it's like um I mean, this is like, uh, as I say, Phantasm, John Dies at the End, or Evil Dead, except we're not going for the scares. We're not really going for the frights. We're we're trying to uh, screw with your mind, and we're laughing the entire way through. I still think that one of the best on the uh, leaning towards the comedy side is when he first meets um, his girlfriend, who is, is named April, and it's he gives her his name yeah. and she just kind of stares at him and he asks what her name is and you just hear uh, um, January, January, February, January, March, April, April. Yes. <laughs> uh, not to mention low the entire time the demon talking to Justin just referring to him as dinner the dinner. entire time. Oh yes. Yeah, I was about to say, oh, are we going to, which are we going to refer to him as? <laughs> Basically though, with that, um, his April is abducted. He knows it's something demonic, and he uses this book that was her prized possession to summon the demon low. And based on all the uh, writing and such, he's pretty certain that he has complete dominion over low. Provided, provided he stays within the diameter of the pentagram he's prepared for this ceremony definitely uh gets fun when you get both low and the other demons trying to to just mess with him through the entire way get him to slip up so that they can you know have dinner yes yes 
um hopefully just dinner then you don't want to get into the stuff may and june we're suggesting <laughs> yeah uh definitely was a little little odd i i tend to gloss over that in the terms of the things that they summon and, and more laugh at the uh the antics of g's the other demon yes um g's green demon loves his nazi apparel <laughs> yes um shows up actually reading um the life and his or life and history of the tragedy of dr faustus yes um which i did find out uh, on the second watch through that particular book is actually the one that he had given to april that yes was the surprise gift right i did catch that and you know i got back from my uh day job and it's weird since i lost that bank job that now it's like oh well i better be extra protective of the <laughs> identity of the other job uh now go back the further past episodes <laughs> you'll find it if you'd like <laughs> um Please don't dox us. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. So, I, I mean, it it summed up. I mean, we got the we got the plot summed up, and then, well, I mean, not not the plot, the premise. Uh, we've already said that April was secretly a demon, which explains all her little eccentricities. Which, honestly, I don't know how you could not fall in love with April. That's that's my vibe. It was definitely the the pinnacle of quirky girl culture, as we'll say. Um, yes, and it it nailed it on the head. Oh gosh, yeah. No, this is a kind of a timely picture for me because I'm coming up on the uh, shoot. It would be her 40th birthday. Uh, my friend uh, Stacia Harden, who I dedicate this podcast to. Um, and you know she was my best friend it was uh during my wrestling time and then uh, broke my arm wrestling oh i couldn't wrestle so i could just hang out with station more and say she gets busted for heroin oh shit there goes my life um but um yeah i mean just the quirkiness of her and it was one of those you know you shouldn't have listened to your buddies you should have just been the idiot who acknowledges his love for a dancer but <laughs> you know that's 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 adulthood sadly um oh geez sorry i got aw dynamite in my peripheral and just see a guy fall off a ladder into a barbed wire covered ladder this is on Uh, cable (laughs) barbed Uh, wire always entertaining yes yep um so so it's basically i guess throughout this um Justin is trying to as he's trying to come to terms with the fact that he's just let life play out around him. Um this is the first time he's ever really made the effort to do something for himself. Um regardless of how selfish that kind of is. Um well, I don't know if it's well, it's selfish in the fact that he shouldn't have the book anyhow. Yes. Um, definitely was given to him on an impulse, it feels. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So it's like, um, well, let's see. As I say, um, but as I say, he's trying to take control of his life, and he's in on the, you know, the grandeur side. He's also doing his best to try defending humanity, in a sense. Yeah. Um... I mean, that's more of the pressure, you know, of having your uh, your hand that you uh, cut to draw blood talk to you throughout the um <laughs> as he argues with his own brain yes um yes his brain is taken over his hand and we have a near evil dead 2 moment with that one very much so um that's the only thing i could really fault the movie on is that we probably could have done better with the hand the uh <sighs> I keep in mind I I'm a vampire hunter D guy, so I'm used to uh, talking hands. <laughs> I definitely feel like they they might have been able to lean a little bit more into the makeup on it, but I can also understand that they very well might have blown the makeup budget on oh, G's and low. <laughs> yes, and then you have that third demon who's just spectating on top of that. Uh, the rat, right? Um. Yes, which again makes you uh, just think about the budget. Um, so it's you like find it anywhere how much they actually like. I mean, it, it can't have been been much at all. Like, this would probably be a maybe sub five hundred dollar budget. Oh, I uh, sad thing with sad thing with movie making. I don't know if you can do anything for under fifty thousand now. Fair enough. Yeah, just uh, because of the extra elements. I mean, let's just look at it. Clerk, well, um, Clerks was twenty seven thousand. So in ninety four, this came out fifteen years later. Um, but I definitely appreciate the low budget stuff. It gave me it gave me a lot of vibe of. Um, there's a director I like from Canada. Uh, Ali Mabre, who did movies like um, Smash Cut, which the was like approved by um, Gordon Herschel uh, Herschel Gordon, a uh, classic uh, exploitation horror director. Oh yeah, uh, um, and uh, starred um, Sasha Gray was the big like as he was trying to become a mainstream actress. Um, and then another another one that I found on the old web soup show from G4 on uh, hosted by Chris Hardwick called um, Jesus Christ Vampire Slayer. Oh, Vampire Hunter, which I do own on Blu-ray. I found that to be very charming. But this that movie couldn't afford lighting. So we have vampire hunting during the daylight. <laughs> you don't so, want the upside it at least makes it easier yes yes um <laughs> but no i mean it, it it leans into the camp like you they it's an unoffic- unofficial el santo movie on top of everything if you're familiar with your mexican wrestling um and around this time this is released in the same year as the uh, Sasuke twins um debut feature 
dead hooker in a trunk, which I I definitely suggest. I'm a big fan of those uh, that duo. They did a decent remake of Cronenberg's uh, Rabbit. I would say probably better than the original Rabbit. But um, so and I and the connection there is that they both worked on the uh, ABCs of Death Part Two. If that's ever, right that sounds familiar i definitely yeah. saw that yeah uh so the saska the saska sisters did the uh t is for torture porn yeah yeah so um it should have just been tentacles if you spoiler alert there but <laughs> um and i know that the last feature that um it seems that um I, I uh Travis Betts, I know he's got some stuff he's working on. Last full blown feature that got released was uh Kung Fu Naked Robot DIY Guide to Valentine's Day Revenge. Uh mouthful. Yeah, Lord knows I couldn't find a description on IMDB, so good luck finding that on YouTube even. Uh fun enough, he actually speaking of ABCs of Death too. Uh, he also it looks like did a segment on that. 2. Yeah, that's uh, two point five. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen two point five. I've neither. Gonna try to that down later. Yeah, I've seen one and two. <laughs> um, my favorite element of the ha- talking hand though is the fake mustache comment, which I mean, really, I think sums up the efforts initially for um, Justin's quest to find April. elaborate on that one for me a little bit because well it's not quite it's it's even it's it's even the trailer you know what have you done with yourself why are you doing this this isn't you this is your fake mustache got it (laughs) yeah something along those lines that's that's the sad thing about it being on youtube is that the trailer is in better condition than the rip they made yeah that's uh I really wish I could actually find this in in physical media. Oh yes, most definitely. I mean, this is a. I mean, this is um. I mean, it scores well on IMDb. It's in the sixes, which for a no budget movie is quite impressive. I mean, Dead Hooker in the Trunk hasn't even broken the fives, and I thought, and I think that's a classic. So yeah. Um. Oh, American Mary. That's a Saskia's sister movie. You should check out it's got uh catherine isabel from uh ginger snaps as the yep. lead yep um so i think i actually had that on my neck on my netflix list for a while and then they uh pulled it yeah let's see so i mean youtube's weird because i before like the last guest i've been trying to get uh ended up having to cancel last minute and now i think he's going on a comedy tour so i don't expect to hear from him in a while but that was another movie i had to go to youtube to find it was called kayfabe um the fake story about the real fake sport of professional wrestling which honestly a lot of flashbacks to my time in uh wrestling in the downstate scene so (laughs) ends up being way too accurate almost uh flashbacks so i guess that's a compliment (laughs) Um, it's definitely something (laughs) yes so all right so i guess um so we call upon low and i don't think we've really played on the 
sense of humor that all the demons have. Like, it's a pretty intense opening. I mean, it looks cheap as all hell (laughs) until you get the demon. But then once you get the demon, it's like, okay, shit's about to go down. There was was this, like you said, it looked crazy cheap on the actual summoning. And I kind of love that because it kind of, it very much was like, college student in over his head you see oh. that he, he's hand painted it and there's that parallel there to clearly he doesn't know what he's doing yes and you think that everything is going to go that way and then this demon walks out with this excellently done makeup job and you're like mm-hmm. oh wait he is vastly out of his depth but what i'm what i'm saying is like you get that and you see him like uh low blow the ra- blow the brains out of the rat and then Lowe's just not taking ever anything seriously. Um, he definitely doesn't. You know, there's almost that level of, of of condescension from him. Yes, you didn't call me out here for love. <laughs> that's the biggest waste of time, <laughs> Justin. That's not a name very befitting of your future. <laughs> I think I'll baptize you. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Just to tie back to that whole that, that old chestnut. Yes. So um as we've definitely established, Justin cannot leave the pentagram. Um and the demons try to trick him into doing so. But then it's um but so that we can actually have action low for the most part and maybe um, the other demon basically direct plays to show them to show us the story. And is it really worth it to Justin? I mean, even our bit where Lowe's trying to distract um, Justin by introducing May and June uh, a couple who sold their souls to have a child. Um, it's all pretty much done as a, and this is your life type thing, or dare I say, um, what was Charles Dickens? Damn it. Um, I'm drawing a blank too. Yeah, no, Mickey, and no, I can't come up with it. Like, uh, Christmas Carol, is that it? Yep. Okay, yeah. Um, Good old Tiny Tim. Yep. So, basically, it's a this is your life. So, probably closer to um, mankind telling the rock, trying to do that for the rock, honestly. Uh, Highest rated segment in all of professional wrestling history. Um, so yeah, it's very much like I could see this really have worked as like an, a, a play because you could definitely, I mean, easily. Yeah. I mean, it's, it directs itself, honestly. Um, so, and, uh, to, and as a, you know, playing up on the cheapness it doesn't hurt the film that everybody's got a community actor, community theater feel. I would say low 
Lowe is definitely a really good actor. Uh, I know April's resume pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, the waiter, <laughs> May and June, uh, May is actually the director. Um, very much like, yeah, we're just putting on a show. And it, it it's fitting, though. Um, because of how everything is presented. It, it definitely, uh, it really pulls things together, in my opinion. Yes. There's not this, this sharp contrast between the fact that the, the movie was made with a spotlight, some paint, and two shoestrings, and then you suddenly nail these people that are the, the greatest actors of all time. It really gives it a, a congruity across it that really i've said really like 10 times that sentence that draws you into it and yeah it's but it's it feels like something you could i guess i would say it's like you're cheering on your friends when you're stuck going to community theater like you know you're not getting lynn manuel morant morant Lynn Manuel Miranda <laughs> um, playing Hamilton when you're, in my case, going to the um, Caterpillar Players <laughs> version yeah. of Hamilton. Um, but that's that's kind of charming, as as I'm saying. It's like, uh, honestly, it should be inspirational. Like, again, this movie could be done in three days. Why aren't you getting off your ass and writing a movie in a sense? I mean, in my defense, I've been moving. No, definitely. No. <laughs> uh, no, and I could I could probably go, I should probably be harassing drama students at Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with you one day. We'll make an afternoon of it. <laughs> or at least, yeah, at least get the camera out for that. Then we at least have something. <laughs> start grabbing um, some uh some b-roll for the podcast right right so um so as we go it's i can't really say there's a lot of um uh dare i say i mean there's not a lot to this movie like it's Truly. basic yeah it's basically okay uh justin calls upon a demon to save his girlfriend and the demon basically uh, yeah i'd rather not <laughs> and it's just doing his damnness to distract him from that and to tell him to give up i mean yeah i mean at the if if you boiled this movie down and took out all of the component parts what this basically comes down to is an argument between the two of them yes and um um let's see just looking over my notes as i was i mean i don't know this might be the premier source for low because there's not really a good wiki page and imdb is kind of lacking yeah that's what i've been rocking on yeah um sitting here trying to see if i can find this like on a um compilation like those 
20 horror movies for $10. Oh, yeah. Kind of thing there. Oh, that's going to be tough. Um, I know, I don't know if the website's still active for this movie. Um, like it was Drexel Films or something. I'd be able to get a used copy for about 30, it looks like. Yeah, no, they're not going for 200, like uh, Tim was saying. <laughs> uh, Drexel. So I know the director's from South Bend. Um, this is one of those movies that whenever you find a resale shop, you just yeah. hope and pray that you might get lucky. Right. Oh, yeah. No, that's happened to me a hell of a lot of time. Like, well, they got a copy of Stage Fright for only 10 bucks. <laughs> the, like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, uh, I can't, I'm going to hate myself if I don't buy it. <laughs> I got it. I'll summon a demon of my own and have them retrieve <laughs> a copy of this DVD for me. Yeah, you got a wife and kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not up for sacrificing my cats. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Skimble. He's he's the he's um technically my ex girlfriend's cat. She pays for the cat support. <laughs> fifteen dollars a month for the pet fee. Fifteen dollars much for a month for litter. <laughs> so, um. I found online here. There's two places that you can buy it. One of them is in Ventura, California. The other is Brewster, New York. <laughs> oh, I would probably try throwing that on eBay then. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anything, uh, I would suggest this is this is the reason why I keep my. Uh, I do not subscribe to Netflix myself. I don't. I'm not going to pay upwards of twenty dollars a month for a streaming service. Honestly, we're getting ready to cut up for about the same reason. They just keep hiking the price and yeah. decisions. Right. I think they uh, like HBO Max, $15 a month. You know, that was like, but then they offer you the commercial program for 10 and then they, or you can just subscribe for a year like I did. I mean, Shutter is $6 a month or you could subscribe for a year, save that way. Uh, my older sister, the poetic critic, she subscribes to Criterion. She pays a year subscription on that, like for a hundred bucks. Like, there's just so I don't I don't understand where Netflix. Like, never mind the fact I just didn't like. Yeah, I like Stranger Things, but um, and The Witcher's all right. Um, but now that they lost the uh, Disney's the Marvel stuff, it's like why did you stop just showing us cheap movies? Yeah. Can you that, go back to how it was when you put Redbox out of business? Yeah. Oh, I actually, I got my um, ex-girlfriend, Allie. She's hooked on Redbox. <laughs> she, well, she can't figure out streaming. Like I, I've, you know, purchased multiple fire sticks for her. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, you could always just let me like she's um like I was really talking up Ghost World last week and then she's like oh I have to um try to find a copy at Disc Replay okay that's gonna be tough because it's a rare disc or you could go to um, Barnes and Noble go to the Criterion Collection and drop forty on it yeah which personally I wish I did I I think I bought it on digital on iTunes for thirteen dollars <laughs> and it's like and then the Criterion could, could, collection comes out with it ah 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a losing investment there. Yeah. So I, I've been, I, I've ended up buying that movie twice already. So it's like, eh, I don't want to get into that. So, I mean, I'm looking over my notes. We got the uh, play. Oh, the YouTube thing. Like, I've been waiting for a long time to find this movie from like 1981 with a young Sam Neill called possession i keep hearing it's gonna make it to either criterion or some kind of 4k thing but like and my mom was like impressed when she found a movie on youtube uh, it's just and like oh i and i think i figured out how to stream it on my tv it didn't work all the time but <laughs> um but i could just sit and watch it on my ipad it's like oh good thing we got you the pro you need that 13 inches um you know fun note actually i looked up a uh, possession because it sounded familiar mm-hmm. uh you can actually just get that at walmart right now on blu-ray possession with sam neil i didn't realize uh, it yeah yeah i'll oh. shoot you the link but we'll hit that part up later yeah yeah no way like because i've i've been looking for that movie for uh jeez good six six years six years or so i can't i mean i knew there was something but uh. special effects by carlo rambaldo so. oh yeah court case home media it's a director's cut it looks like okay mm. yeah i know anchor bay had it in 2000 but yeah so it might be ahead of uh Walmart might be ahead of Wikipedia, which is a sad statement. <laughs> um, yeah, so but get back to my notes. What do we got? Let's see. Talked about the other movies, talked about the other directors, talked about the comedy element of it, box art. Um, yeah, I mean the the one thing I did catch, and this is just me. I do not trust the color green. And I bring that up because of the entire, there's a scene where one of the distractions is a waiter slash bartender. And I shouldn't say a waiter. He is the waiter. (laughs) Is the, uh, the archetypal. Yes. Basically he goes and is just telling him, look, I can't, I don't know what you mean by you want April. I can prepare you the best drink ever. And I'll call it April. Does a little dance. I mean, I've seen better bartending performances. <laughs> I digress. Um, and he is basically, he gets the drink. It's pushed into the pentagram. So the demons can't grab him. They try that a couple times. And I'm kind of disappointed we did not mention the musical number that explains uh, the dilemma. Ah, uh, yes. Demon girl. Right. So, yes, it, it's clearly established pretty early on that April is a demon. And she was basically hiding from all the other demons. Um, and she could be a vicious demon, as they were told. Um, so 
but my my thing is like whenever i when i see the drink is green that he's pushed it's like nope i just don't trust the color yep everything evil is green yeah well you got the envy the jealousy all that bollocks but um and no i guess um I did put it down. What? Oh, yeah. I just don't trust anything green. So, <laughs> no, I don't eat my vegetables. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, I definitely don't like Midori, so I don't like green alcohol. Um, it's all, Life has finally corrected itself with the return of the green Skittle. I mean, the lime Skittle. <laughs> and you know what? I just don't care much for the Irish. I just can't trust them. I say that I have a tattoo saying better Mick than Hick on my arm. <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> but that was basically because I have a tattoo of Bulbasaur over the St. Patrick's flag, which is what the English assigned Ireland. Um, and if you look at the Union Jack, the flag of Great Britain, um, that that would be the red diagonal crosses. So you have the Scottish flag, which is the blue and the white diagonal crosses. Then you have St. George flag, which is the English flag, which is just the um, red and uh, the red cross. And then you have the diagonal red. That's uh, St. Patrick's flag, um, which looks a lot like the flag of Alabama and florida so it's like okay so the entire joke about my bulbasaur tattoo is supposed to as a wrestler it's supposed to be my irish vine whip attack (laughs) and i i always like playing up my english heritage despite russ is an irish name and i'm at least a quarter irish um (laughs) but it it, it drove the mick wrestlers wild (laughs) So um, I basically stopped. So I basically went and um, like, okay, so I don't want people thinking I'm pro Alabama by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so I have a, so I have a hat. Uh, so I have a tattoo of um, the Irish heart and the, the phrase phrase better Mick than Hick <laughs> to make sure people get it. <laughs> Yeah, I just have the bear paws because my first name. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should do a crown because I think that's well. I don't know. Like when I when my name is Russ and it was basically my dad is my dad was a ginger, so is well. I guess he's is, but I mean he's all gray now. Um, but my mom was hoping that she would at least get one redheaded child. So my older sister, so we got all, so at least me and my older sister both, and I guess my little sister, all got Irish first names, all starting with R. Um, And I guess you could say my little brother being Rand, an R name, and maybe Irish, not so, but I mean, Russ is derived from Russell. Um, My mom hated the name Russell because of Bill Cosby, and that one ended up paying off. a little bit of foresight there. Yeah. Don't usually see that from her. Um, but Russell is supposed to be Red King in Irish. So I suppose I could do a crown at some point. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no, no gingers, no ginger offsprings. Closest she got was my uh, older sister, who has the complexion of a ginger, but <laughs> brown hair. <laughs> so great for Halloween. Yeah, no, I, I keep telling her, telling my older sister, you got to try going ginger once. You know, <laughs> see where that takes you. Um, so I mean, the uh, Google Home said we've gone for about forty-five minutes. And I think, you know, let's um, just put out that spoiler alert. You can shut off the episode now. We really suggest you see Low. It is on YouTube. I wish I remember the name of the channel. <laughs> um, is Low April is my question. Yes. Okay. It just seemed so, a little too obvious. That's why I was hoping otherwise. That's kind of the part that's interesting and the the pieces that they allude to on the second watch through. Um, It it specifically mentions like the reason that he summoned low is because that page was actually highlighted. Yeah. Highlighted bookmarked. And that would explain why he's a cripple. Yes. Um, (laughs) When he got taken back, they wanted to make sure that uh, they, because it's kind of hard to define which uh which way that one goes from there yeah as you know you can't leave again right um and of course the whole thing it it suddenly takes the entire movie and it it retcons it in your head because it's no longer you know low wants to eat him Mm. or or stop him from being reunited with april it's that April is low and realizes that there's no chance of a life for the two of them together. So she's trying to dissuade him right. uh, from finding them. Yeah. As I say, it was just one of those, oh, come on, it's almost too easy in the end. Like, mm-hmm. And keep in mind, I'm pausing the movie. Like, That's a, the that's a problem with this podcast for me is that a 90-minute movie is going to take me two hours to watch because I'm stop all right researching like i'm glad movie theaters are open just because i can now sit in a movie theater i turn off my phone i send a tweet out before i go see any movie all right seeing this movie now you have two hours not to die (laughs) um and of course that has backfired me uh, fired on me before i had a uh date with a girl and like uh at a comedy club and she keeps checking her phone it's like yeah you know what like no i can't afford not to have my phone my mom died and we couldn't reach dad <laughs> because he had his phone off <laughs> yeah okay, i might make an exception in that case well i don't know i mean it wasn't gonna work out anyhow like this girl enjoyed camouflage on everything so how did you find her that was plenty of fish no, and, I mean, literally, she'd just be hidden from oh. my vision. <laughs> well, like, she, here's the thing. She went and, like, she was on crutches at the time. And she, like, went and duct taped her crutches with camouflage duct tape. Well, so I guess you could say she was levitating. Just going to let that one slide. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even going into the can of worms. That is that. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, it was a weird, it was a weird one. Like, oh, you were, you, you went graduated with my brother. Okay. His name was Tim. Oh, you don't exactly look like that. (laughs) (laughs) That one. So that one. Yeah. Kind of, kind of sad. I don't know. Jimmy Pardo might not be their best comedian to take somebody to. I mean, if you're familiar with him, he's Conan O'Brien's opening act. So warm up act for the audience. So yeah, I mean, the the um, last bit about whether or not April was low, uh, that was my last note with the knowledge of it that with no wiki page and little on IMDb, <laughs> yeah, was April supposed to be low? So I mean, it's... um. This is going back to the Netflix thing. This is why I still subscribe to the uh, Netflix DVD service. So I'm not saying you're going to get a good rip of it if you do it yourself. <laughs> uh, but there there should, I, I imagine this is probably, or at least they had DVDs of this feature at some point. Certainly. Um, so. I mean, I'm in a grandfathered program, two discs a month, $5 a month. And of course, I'll sit on a DVD for a while. Like, I still haven't gotten around to watching Thief with uh, James Caan, Michael Mann. It's a classic. uh, So it's kind of like, but, you know, when you dedicate yourself to this short ass movie website. (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of everything recently, uh, Pete Davidson did a Saturday Night Live video sketch called short ass movies it's worth looking up on youtube i probably will do that after we get off here actually yes it's like i need that short ass movie no longer than hour 40 (laughs) and they bring up at one point jurassic park in two hours they explain the science behind creating dinosaurs and allowing them to get so chaotic Sex and the City 2, a franchise we're all familiar with, went two and a half hours. <laughs> what was that for? <laughs> so, and there's also a line about pissing his pants during the Batman. <laughs> Actually just watched that this morning. That was definitely more than our uh, our 90 minute sweet spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's almost to the point with like the Batman. It's like we're so ready to be disappointed by a DC movie. It's kind of like, yeah, go ahead, get whatever you think you need in because you might not get a sequel. Um, which is why, like, I I don't know if you've watched. I I don't know. I might be the only person who's watched the Matrix Resurrections. Um. I enjoy. Oh, man, we can go into a, a long talk about that sometime. Yeah, I yeah, I know a lot of people. Like, I liked it. I thought, okay, it kind of was very like the first act is awesome as they're trying to figure out, like, is it the Matrix? Is or is this just some crazy guy? And then it gets formulaic. There's no question there. Yeah. But you know, I think the uh, Wachowski sisters like realized okay we're you know there's probably no chance that we're going to get the second legacy sequel so let's just do whatever whatever we can shoot (laughs) put it in there and i can respect that 
uh, or like when you take the John Wick movies, which is something that's uh, definitely worth looking at because I'm pretty sure there's no post-credit sequence after the first one, so that would fit the time frame. Sure. And then like once you establish your franchise, like oh go oh shoot that kind of justifies Sex and the City too. <laughs> For the most part, like uh. no, it just. <laughs> It justifies you going nuts with the second and third movie. Like, I'm a big John Wick fan, so I will say if if you like John Wick, I'm sitting here. I looked that up and I looked up the runtime of this other movie. Actually, uh, nobody with Bob Odenkirk. I have a copy of that, and like, I just haven't gotten around to watch it. I know that I know it definitely fits. And uh, doing yourself a disservice not watching that. I really oh, enjoy it. you see my little brother being a Liverpool football club fan. Uh, totally about i know you don't like lfc but i'm a newcastle fan and hopefully they'll i mean this episode get will drop after their game uh this weekend but hopefully newcastle will ruin the ruin the hopes of a title <laughs> for liverpool um but their song is um their fight song is you never walk alone and my little brother said there's a moment where like you have uh, Bob Odenkirk, I think the RZA and Christopher Lloyd just shooting, just in a shootout, and you hear "When You Walk." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the movie is is wonderfully done. I I won't go into it, but I oh, I mean, it's a, it's it, it, like this. Well, this goes back to what we were originally talking about for our um, return. Uh, to podcasting together was shoot em up was your suggestion yeah and this is like uh and now we're just pretty much should wrap it up because we're giving away st- stuff <laughs> uh that's like the first i think action movie outside of hong kong um where it's like about the art of action i mean you have crouching tiger hidden dragon uh to a lesser extent hero but I don't think Americans ever thought about just like, oh yeah, just keep things blowing, keep keep the keep the guns firing, keep the people getting punched in the face, just keep it up for the entire runtime. I don't think we yeah. really and shoot 'em up didn't make a lot of bank when it came out, which is sad because you got Stephen McHattie, you got Paul Giamatti in one of his best roles, and like, how the hell did we just like, uh, yeah, I don't think Clive Owen's going to work in the states. How do we give up on that guy? Definitely uh, one of the big, big mistakes that were made. Yeah. And it's like, I so I know that movie didn't make any bank, but it's like, you know, what was it? Seven years later, we get John Wick. And then it's like, yeah, this is. The floodgates have reopened. Right. Uh, Atomic Blonde, a little long on the long side with the nonsensical plot, but still enough action to keep you you know you want to pay your admission for so it's um, a movie that i it's on my list to see that i just haven't found a nope there's no place that streams it no yeah um i give out my apple id too many to too many people so (laughs) no you're good uh right so um but yeah um i think we've um you know, done our best on low um it is funny i was uh it's almost inspired me to watch this old vhs i bought from a movie uh video store that was closing called malicious 
like I saw on Cinemax back in the day in the nineties. Um, Molly Ringwald topless, yay! <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I can I'm... almost hear the fist bumps in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that drew me in. Like, oh, pretty in pink, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, uh, the act. Uh, so I think, and I, as I say, I got to rewatch it. That movie just because it doesn't have a great Ricky page. It just basically says, and psychologists use this in class to teach about border, borderline disorder, borderline personality disorders. Lovely. That's the, yeah, that's the best wiki can offer. Um. It's about it's it's another fatal attraction movie in all honesty. Um, I mean, I've never seen fatal attractions, but we all know the stalker girl, the one you shouldn't have slept with. <laughs> um, I guess they would call it a class five clinger in uh, Wedding Crashers. <laughs> uh, but that's a, that that was a weird. The odds were weird. Like you got the Wedding Crasher. Uh, Isla Isla Fisher pretty much raping Vince Vaughn. You had Super with Elliot Page raping Ryan Wilson. <laughs> oh, Rain Wilson, sorry. Yeah. yeah there was a, a yeah. lot of things weren't uh <sighs> Well, I, I mean, I guess we could say it's kind of a step towards feminism if the um rapists yeah. are the <laughs> are the are the women, but what I was getting to is the actress who plays April, and that is sad that I haven't got that pulled up. I think she was the... And thank you for sending me that link. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think she was basically the good girl in that in uh, that movie. And then I found out she was in movies like Nowhere from a favorite director of mine, uh, Greg Araki. Um, Doom Generation, Kaboom and um, lot lots of good stuff so that actress's name is sarah lassis and she did end up working again with um the uh, director um uh travis betts for a feature called the dead inside not as well received as uh low but uh not not it still breaks the five on uh imdb let's see the plot of that one while a young couple a photographer and a horror writer have run out of creative inspiration suddenly their life changes when the girl becomes plagued by mysterious forces so i'm interested that the entire cast listing for that uh for acting credits is two people yeah that is weird Huh. Yeah, but no clue on where to find that one. 2011, that might have went straight to straight to streaming. So, if uh, somebody could uh, let us know about that feature, uh, send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. And if you want to be on the podcast, like uh, Kodiak, you can send me an email, the same address, or get a hold of me on Twitter. The handle is at CatBusRuss, where I prefer you send your hate to, for the podcast. 
let's not screw up the algorithm on itunes spotify google Podcasts, what have you um just give me a theme a director an actor or just a single movie uh and i'm sure we can come up with some podcast gold provided that it the narrative is not does not take more than uh one hour 39 minutes so if you got the nerve to watch the credits to make sure they don't <laughs> like alien versus predator all right this is an hour 41 rolled an hour 41 one runtime okay oh yeah this is computers where every little programmer gets a credit <laughs> the movie's an hour 29 at best <laughs> so you almost hate it when so it's like for me it's almost like don't have a don't have a, a stinger don't have a stinger don't have a stinger why'd you have to throw that stinger on there now i can't talk about <laughs> you on the podcast now i can't give you free publicity yeah i mean um so and with this podcast uh you know we're doing a movie that you can only find on youtube right now or you can pay 30 dollars for a used copy somewhere <laughs> i'm debating um, it i it doesn't sound like a bad investment again though i just talked my little brother into a ps5 so <laughs> <laughs> um so with that all that said kodiak um do we have anything going on twitch podcasting anything i mean i know uh, you just moved uh did you get the puppy today no that'll be a couple of days from now actually getting the husky oh yeah they, they are a good dog so yes my uh my last pup that unfortunately passed away uh was a husky beagle uh oh that's a that's a brilliant combination she was amazing <laughs> so so well i'll dedicate this one in, in evie lynn's memory okay that's that is good i've done cats on this podcast before so <laughs> all right so well thank you again for uh take give me your evening uh kodiak uh hope we didn't run too long for you let's get no, that it looks like just about perfect all right well let's get that little one to bed then and i will talk to you later sounds good all good right that. thanks for having me on again appreciate oh, it oh thanks for coming on oh shoot i hit the end button i just wanted to hit the stop button stop button stop button there we go can i hear a wahoo